The skidoo went in the water with my grandpa. And then he like starts sinking down. He got knocked out. How many seals have you catched in the last year? Last year was my first seal. We see birds, caribous, but when we're fishing on the ice, we see fish passing by. We want to still feel like we're Inuit with our legacy. I started going through depression right after my grandmother passed away, so that's one of the reasons why I do poetry. Those are some of the students from Netsilik School in Telakrak, Nunavut. We are passing the mic to them on this episode of Explore, a Canadian Geographic podcast. Welcome to all you explorers out there, armchair and in motion. I'm your host, David McGuffin. This week, we're bringing you podcast stories produced by students at the Netsilik School in Tulukruk. It's part of the Canadian Geographic Passing the Mic podcast training program we do in remote Nunavut communities. The aim is to give Inuit youth the tools to share their stories with the world in their own voices, using their own words. And I think you'll agree, these stories provide a wonderful window into what is a unique and welcoming Inuit community. Tulukruk is mainland Canada's most northerly communities, sitting on the shores of the Arctic Ocean. And these kinds of stories are exactly why we do the RCGS Polar Plunge fundraiser every year, and it's coming up fast, March the 4th. Your donations will compel a lot of otherwise sensible people to plunge into freezing lakes and rivers and oceans across Canada, including in Nunavut and the Northwest Territories, in support of Canadian Geographic and this podcast. So to keep these unique, balanced, and thoughtful stories coming your way, please go to rcgs.org forward slash polar plunge to donate. And thank you. My Canadian Geographic colleague Tom Lundy and I spent a week in late October working with the students at Netsilik School teaching podcasting. The students ranged in age from 13 to 18, and we couldn't have asked for a more enthusiastic bunch. Nellie and Tyra were the two youngest in our class. Hi, my name is Nellie, and this is Tyra Kanak. What is your favorite thing about Anui Kachwong? It is the drum dancing, throat sing, games. They are doing one foot high kick at the hall Fridays and Tuesdays, I think. They're keeping up with the cultural. Leo Lyal interviewed Steve Aluki about his first ever seal hunt. Yo, yo, yo. I am Leo Nydis from Telok Rock and I am speaking to Steve Aluki from Cambridge Bay. Welcome, Steve. Thank you. It's good to be here. How long is an average seal hunt? Like how many hours? Depends on what kind of seal it is. It's either an adult or a young one. Two to five hours. Who do you go with seal hunting? I went with my two grandparents and um, my older nephew. What kind of rifle do you use? I usually use not that powerful gun, but I was using a two twenty three. What do you use to travel to go seal hunting? I travel with a boat to wherever you're going. But I travel to the spot where I went by by boat. What if it's winter time? I travel by skidoo and um, sleds. What is the best time to go seal hunting of the year? The best time to go seal hunting is springtime, like late spring, early spring. And why is that? 
because they're on the ice resting. Like it's a good time to see what. Whatever big storms comes. You get your like equipment ready, like your tent, stove, grub, some things to keep you warm, like blanket. What if you don't have those stuff? I would try to head back. I don't want to freeze, sting one spot. It's not good when you're out there when there's a storm. How many seals have you catched in the last year? Last year was my first seal. I never used to go seal hunting while I was growing up. Did you celebrate on your first seal catch? I did, but it was not a big celebration, but we celebrated eating it, like eating it raw. What's your favorite favorite part of the seal? My favorite part of the seal is the liver. That part keeps you warm, keeps you energy. Do you have the heart? Did you eat it? I don't eat it. I give it to my grandmother because she loves seal. What's the softest part and the chewiest part of the seal? The softest part and the chewiest part is uh, meat. The, the seal meat. Yeah. Yeah. Great storytelling. Alexis Rubin and Elena Akla talked about Alexis's love of poetry and how that helps her mental well-being, which is a real concern in these remote northern communities. Today I am interviewing a student from Natinik School. My name is Elena Akla. What's your name? Alexis Rubin. Okay, Alexis. My first question is, what do you love about poetry? I love that I can express my feelings on a piece of paper and talk about how I feel. And the reason I do poetry is to feel happier. Okay, poetry is a really good thing for our mental health. Then does it calm your um, emotions? Yes, it does. Because just writing on a piece of paper helps you. So if I were to give advice to anybody who's having mental health problems, just write your feelings on a piece of paper and just breathe. How does it make you feel? Makes me feel a lot better about myself because I've been dealing with depression and anxiety for so long and... I've been trapped inside my own body. So when I started doing poetry, I was about 14 years old. I just experienced passing of both my grandparents. It was hard for me for a long time. I started going through depression right after my grandmother passed away. So that's one of the reasons why I do poetry. Not many people read my poems because they're personal to me. It's just that I don't share with a lot of people. Why don't you share with people? Because I feel like I may get judged or it's because I just write so powerful stuff on a piece of paper that I don't want to share with anybody. It's hard for me to just let out my feelings to people. William's one of the teachers here. I let him read my poems because he's been helping me a lot with my mental health and it's been pretty rough. If you don't mind, 
Can you read an example of one of your poems? Yes. Um, this poem that I'm going to read is called Aloud. I wrote this down because I was feeling like I wasn't able to be myself. And the poem is... Am I allowed to be myself around people I don't even know? Will they make fun of me or tell me to be normal? But what is normal mean today? Am I allowed to ask questions or recommend something to someone? Am I allowed to be myself because I am me? No one can tell me I can't do anything. I am allowed to make my own decisions because if I don't, I'll be controlled by everyone my whole life. Nice poem, a bit sad, but it's still nice. Thank you, Alexis, for joining me to talk about poetry. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Elena. Thanks to Alexa for sharing that personal poem and to Elena for such a sensitive interview. Many people in Tilakrok have hunting cabins out on the tundra, which seems a bit amazing because it's a town of only 1,000 people and the tundra is right there. Anyway, one popular spot to get away from the bustle of town life is a place not too far away called Middle Lake. Here are Faith and Leah with more. Hi, my name is Faith Policy. What is your name? Hi, my name is Leah Akhlaq. And what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be talking about going out on the land. Where do you like to go when you're out on the land? I like to go to our cabin that's located in Middle Lake. It's just outside of Talagarok, Nunavut. What does it look like? It has a bunch of heather that we can burn to make a fire. Rocks. There's quite a few hills near our cabin. There's like a road where we go by and then where the road ends, there's trails towards our cabin. And there's kind of a big lake that we can fish in. What kind of animals do you see out on the land while you're there? We see birds, caribous, but when we're fishing on the ice, we see fish passing by. What do you like to do in Middle Lake? I like to go rotting, make fire with heather, spend time with family, cook outside in the fire. Also, just hang around at our cabin doing stuff. We go there during spring break when school ends until school starts most of the time until we're unable to go out on the land when it's there's a bunch of snow on the road. That's so cool. So what times do you go back to town and how long? Whenever we need to shop we go back to town or like just whenever we run out of laptop for the Coleman stove or before any snowstorm starts when their trails are going to be covered from snow. That's in like late, early or late October. Who do you go with? I go with my grandmother, sometimes my siblings. Also my sister and her little family goes with us most of the time. How do you get to your destination? We go by ATV, four-wheeler, and sometimes in the spring we go by skidoo and we use sleds. How long does it take to go to your cabin in Middle Lake? Most times half an hour to an hour depends how you're driving. 
most times I drive slow because my grandmother is old. What's your favorite memory out on the land? My favorite memory is me and my cousin. He was staying up like all night, and then I woke up early, and then I went to him. He we was playing out, and he had a pop, a soda, a coke, and then I had I had candy, Mentos, and then. We both decided to try putting the Mentos inside, and then it exploded. Afterwards, he <laughs> he had a sip of the pop, and then a couple hours later, he went to bed. And that's when me, my auntie, my uncle, and my cousin went fishing while he was sleeping in the cabin. How long do you like to be out on the land? I enjoy being out on the land all the time. But most time I get homesick. But once I get home, I just want to go back up because it's very peaceful and quiet. There are no roads connecting Tlokrok with the rest of Canada or even neighboring towns. So in winter, many go by snowmobile across the ice to the next town over, Joe Haven, or they go seal hunting or fishing. In early winter and spring, thin ice or cracks in the ice are a real threat, like potholes, but potentially deadly. Shana Nanuk and Amaya Totalik share their thin ice stories. Oh yeah, that's scary, eh? Like, when you're out on the ocean and you go, like, seal hunting, and you're kind of driving fast, that the person that's driving, yeah. they're, like, kind of driving fast and you see cracks. Mm. Like, it's scary, man. Like, one time my grandma told me that they were coming back from Joyhaven. I think it was springtime, and... My grandpa, he was driving fast. Like, there was a really big crack. He was driving fast. I think that's what my grandma told me. And then he didn't see the crack, so he stopped, but the sled kept going and hit the skidoo. I think the skidoo went in the water with my grandpa. He fell in the crack. He fell in the crack. And then he, like, started sinking down. He was, like, he was unconsciousness. He was, like... He, he, like, he got knocked out and stuff like that. He was in the water, and then he saw a string, and then he took it, and then he started going up. He had a, he had a bump in on, on his head. And, like, my grandma was trying to get him out of the water because the, his clothes, his clothes was wet, so it was heavy. But my grandma told me that he, she told my grandpa to take his boots off or something. And then... My older brother, Ethan, he was in the sled, and then he ran out of the sled. He went in the, like, to go see. He was yelling my grandpa's name, and then he almost fell in the water, but my anonymous stopped him. And then, like, after that, he got out of the water, and she took his clothes off and, like, wrapped him in caribou skin Mm -hmm. to let him warm up. And, like, there was people going home from Talok, going home from Talok Rock or going to Talok Rock from Joy Haven. That person, like, they had a feeling like something bad happened and then they, something led that person to to go that direction. They found my grandparents and my brother, my older brother, and then, yeah, that's what happened. Like, I'm pretty scared now. Like, when we, like, about to go by cracks, like, we get scared, eh? few years ago, I was about 14 or 15, and there was me and my mom and Anna Gonek on 
a sled with my dad driving the skidoo and we went by a crack like the part towards like snow on top mm-hmm. we went we went by that kind and it collapsed on the top oh. while driving driving by and my dad went full blast we all got wet and scared and because we went in the air a bit and then Arna said he saw the opening of the crack I, I went down because I got scared and we stopped because my dad went to go see the crack and he said it opened could see the water those are incredible stories Thanks to all the students who took part in the Passing the Mic podcasting course at Netsilik School, and a big thanks as well to the staff there for making room for us during a busy school year. In particular, we want to thank teacher William Frey McLean, who helped coordinate our visit. He also cooked us a couple of delicious vegan dinners, which we weren't expecting in Nunavut, I can tell you that. Thanks so much, William. If your school or community in Nunavut would like to take part in this program, drop me an email at explore at canadiangeographic.ca. Thank you all for listening, and please consider donating at rcgs.org forward slash polar plunge so we can keep bringing you more great Canadian journalism and storytelling on this podcast. And remember to recommend us to a friend or colleague. It all helps. Until next time, when we'll explore again. I'm David McGuffin. I think right now we're enjoying very much looking back at the Earth, and it's just a, a fantastic experience, and I just can't wait to get back and start telling people. We have Simpson about June 10th with the Fur Brigade, consisting of a number of yacht boats, each manned by 10 voyageurs. For us, it means, it means that in the oral history is very strong. Every clue over every inch of the country that could be, we're hoping that he would fire at us. Oh, I guess 160. Or so. There are shrimp fish swimming around outside. We get some 